go back into South Bend's history. 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, and what do you see? You see groups of people working to bring change to the city. They had different ideas of what that change should be. They didn't always agree. And their problems sometimes look different than ours. But in every era, there were groups of people for whom positive change was their life goal. This podcast, South Bend's Own Words, features the voices of people who helped make this city change. We'll play you selections from the Civil Rights Heritage Center's oral history collection with the goal of telling you a more complete history of the city. It's the story of many cultures, not just one. It's the story of South Bend. In the summer of 2000, Indiana University South Bend's Dr. Les Lehman brought 15 students to the southern United States. They learned about the civil rights movement from those who lived it and visited the iconic places most only see in photographs. It was the first of the Freedom Summer Tours, and it changed a lot of lives. David Healy's was one of them. When he and his fellow attendees returned to South Bend, they were eager to learn more about this city's history. Two of them decided to start a civil rights center here and they asked David to join. Their next step was to reach out to local leaders, including Gladys Muhammad. Gladys helped put the pieces and the people in place, and in 2001, the Civil Rights Heritage Center opened on the campus of IU South Bend. David got to work researching the history of the civil rights movement here. Among all the stories they uncovered, the most impactful was about a segregated South Bend swimming pool. Once again, Gladys, David, and others got to work to save it from destruction. By May 23, 2010, the former Angman Public Natatorium was transformed into a new home for the Civil Rights Heritage Center. Four months before that important day, David Healy and Gladys Muhammad sat down with IU South Bend student Sarah Lowe. They spoke about the center's humble beginnings and how their work has helped share a history that might otherwise have been forgotten. talk a little bit about the Civil Rights Heritage Center and the Natatorium and how it came about that it was saved. Well, you went on the first Freedom Summer trip in 2000 uh, with Dr. Lehman and I believe 15 other students. Uh, and when you came back, um, the decision was uh, made to begin a center here in town and um, based on the IU South Bend campus. So what part did you play in that decision and how did that all uh, work out? Well, the trip in 2000, of course, was unique. I wasn't planning on going. In fact, I came up with all kinds of excuses why I shouldn't go, I can't afford it, I don't have time. But something about that trip just intrigued me to the point where I I found the money and I made the time and I went and it was a, truly a, a changing life experience. So we came back and a few weeks later I got this uh, call from Amy Selner. She said, we're having a meeting at the Pizza Hut out there in south of town, and we got an announcement to make. So a lot of us were there, and we had uh, pizza, and then and Amy and Candace announced that they're going to use their master's thesis. They're going to start a civil rights center here in South Bend. And Dr. Lehman is going to be a director. And I thought this was the craziest idea I ever heard in my life. I have a white professor and two white women are going to start a civil rights center. <laughs> you guys got to be nuts. But uh, they uh, persevered. Uh, Amy and Candace asked me to join them in this endeavor. I said yes. We didn't have the name, 
So uh, eventually, between the three of them, they came up with the word heritage, inserted heritage in there, and thus Civil Rights Heritage Center was born. And we got a little office up there in the third floor, and then uh, that's where it all began. And uh, I think that's where I came in, started at Dr. Lehman, after you guys had went on the Freedom Trip, because a lot of the students um, motivated and inspired and they said, we can't stop here, we gotta do something else, gotta do something else. And they started talking about having a center, and but no money. But that's how I got involved with it at that point. And, and you're white, they were, they were all white people sitting around there. And I was the only black person at the meeting. <laughs> and, um, and then as, as it grew though, there's Charlotte Pfeiffer and Karen White, and people began to come aboard as they found out about it. It just all seemed to fit perfect, and it's still growing and growing, and it's still fitting, right? So it's kind of, I, I feel honored, I feel blessed to, to even be a part of it, and it just keeps growing and growing. And I learned a lot from his research that he was doing. I learned about a lot about our history uh, in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, we spent uh, many uh, hours uh, yeah. discussing the history that had uncovered. And that history was uncovered due to the fact that we started the Oral History Project at the Civil Rights Heritage Center. Now, there was a breakfast meeting at one of the restaurants south of town, and Dr. Lehman called this meeting. And, we, and then he stands up and he says, and uh, David Healy is going to be the student director of the Oral History Project. <laughs> well, no one had discussed that with me. No one had told me anything about that. And uh, Amy's uh, over here beside me, she said, just say yes, just say yes. <laughs> so I stood up and I, I said yes, not having any idea what this was going to lead to. You have the history of the natatorium. You have the history of the first black police officers. Uh, you have just about even Herringhouse. And this is the history of the natatorium. The natatorium is a triumph Yes, it was segregated, but it was turned over because of men and women working together to make a change in the community, make a positive change. Without the natatorium, it was a it was a major foundation of forming black political power in this city. Three of the people involved became state representatives: J. Chester Allen, Jesse Dickinson, Zilford Carter. And I was we were going down West yeah, Washington Street. And I said to Gladys, I said, you know, of all the places that South Bend has saved for buildings, we haven't saved one that has anything to do with local black citizen history. And it's like the lights yeah. went off. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking, but it's like... Well, he said this is the last building standing that tells the story of... Uh, segregation in South Bend and also the black, the change that occurred in South Bend. He said, well, you still have your churches, but they've been built on and they're new, but this is the only building left. And he said, you should do something about it. And I said, what should I do about it? And he said, I don't know, but you should do something about it. You know everybody. <laughs> and I actually, I said, okay. And so I, I went back to South Bend Heritage Foundation because we uh, work on the west side of South Bend, Indiana. 
And I talked to Jeff Gibney, who was the executive director at the time, and he said, I said, we could turn it into something, uh, a civil rights heritage center or something. We could do something. And he said, you know what, Glass, that's a good idea. He said, I think we can do that. And that's kind of how it got started. And then we, we set up some meetings at Indiana University. Actually, we, we met at Nick's Patio. <laughs> the first meeting we had was at Nick's Patio. And they, we just was talking about it, just sitting around talking about, is this something you're interested in? And and then it kind of got rolling. Then we met Alfred, Dr. Alfred, and things got a little rolling a little faster. And we had millions of meetings. I'm going to say lots of meetings. Committees formed. Uh, people from Bloomington came. And things just kept growing and growing and growing until now we really are going to have a, a real civil rights heritage center at the natatorium. And um, I think that it's a part of our history that we should always remember. And it's, it tells the story of how things changed and how um, African-American people were involved in that change. Over the years, about every four years, they would say, well, this old building is over here and we should probably tear it down. Charlotte Pfeiffer was the person that never would let them tear it down. And so I kind of feel like because it was still there, that maybe this is the way it should be. Yeah, there was at least two different attempts to save the building in the, what, 70s and 80s? or But they didn't have a, a real focus on why they needed to save it. I, well, we did not think it would be what it's turning out to be today. We, 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 I don't know what dream we had, but it was not that one. We just had a dream to preserve a building. So I just think it's, again, I think it's awesome and, and miraculous that it's going to occur. It, it tells us we had a history. Exactly. And, and, and a great history. That's right. A great, excellent history to be involved and to help make change occur. Do you have any thoughts or anything that you want to share with uh, any future leader of the Natatorium or the Civil Rights Service Center? I think it's going to evolve, but at the same time be uh, accessible to neighborhood. I think that that center will continue to be a major uh, facility in South Bend, not just the west side of South Bend, and not just for African Americans, for the whole community to learn about the history of South Bend. I know how you feel. I had no idea when I came back from that trip that I would be in this position <laughs> today. So uh, life is full of opportunities and little roads that you can travel on. Thank you very much. Thank you both for being here. This has been a great interview. Thank you for having us. Thank you. South Bend's Own Words is made possible by executive producer Kevin Tidmarsh and me, George Garner. It's also possible because of you. I want to give you my sincerest thanks for listening, whether it's for the first time or the 14th. This project has been a really special one for me. Your listening and your support has made that happen. We're taking a little break, but look for us in mid-January when we launch a new season with six new episodes of South Bend's Own Words. In the meantime, if you like this show, Help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Share it to your social media. Tell your friends. Every little bit helps us share the histories of people who made positive changes in this city. Tell us what you like about it, too. Leave a note on our Facebook page, tweet to us at crhciusb, or send an email to crhc at iusb.edu. 
Want to see and hear more about South Bend's history? Our archival collection is online at Michiana Memory, a partnership with the St. Joseph County Public Library. Go to michianamemory.sjcpl.org. Special thanks to Civil Rights Heritage Center Director Daryl Heller for his guidance and support for this project. Learn more about the center and how it changed a formerly segregated South Bend swimming pool into an active learning center dedicated to sharing the history and contemporary issues around civil rights and social justice. Visit us in person or online at crhc.iusb.edu.